Hi, this is Mark, and welcome to episode 42 of Nerdology. And my very special guests today are, in no particular order, Phil Cannon and Jim Cameron. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Lovely to be How here. How are you both? Oh, fine, thank you. Fine, thank you. Yeah, tickety-boo, thanks very much. Lovely to be here. Excellent. Yes, it's um, it's been a long time coming, particularly for Phil. Uh, way back in the the very early days of the show, I think we were going to get you on for a, an earlier episode, and due to various other commitments that you already had on, unfortunately, we couldn't make that happen. So No, no, but we're, we're finally mm. here. Even though this one took Four a bit of a while to line. get together, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you want quality, you've got to be prepared to wait, haven't you? Oh, that's set me up for a fall, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I've said before, I like to think that this show is um, its almost like a sort of therapy for Doctor Who podcasters so they can come on and talk about things <laughs> other than Doctor Who, just to you know, give you a bit of a break from it. Oh, we'll that's have very to kind it. of you. Yes. Well, you know, it's a service we like to provide. Um <laughs> We were kind of bouncing ideas around, and uh, you guys both pretty much simultaneously came up with um, Nigel Neal's Beasts. Mm, yes. Which, I have to admit, I'd not heard of before. You know, you know, you'd never heard of it before? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, oh. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Nigel Neal fan. I mean, I've, I adore Quatermass and The Pit, and I really love the Stone Tape. Yes. So I was aware of those. Um, but yeah... I don't know, maybe I was living under a rock. I mean, admittedly, I was only three when they went out at the time. So, you know, it wasn't perhaps on my radar. Obviously, you two gents are far older than me. So um, Yeah, we were in the late 50s when it came out, weren't we, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> you no, both I, warm I just, very I just well, put though. my teeth back in, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> very Dick Emery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Nigel Neal's Beasts, it's a, a six-part series, but they're not linked stories. They're all individual, discrete stories but they all have a a theme of well beasts yes indeed indeed it's um i, th- I must admit I, mean, I don't remember watching this um as a as a child anyway i think it's probably on far too late for me to to watch it i don't know about you, you, yourself jim but um it's it's one of those things you because you see it a sort of appear on on lists of people's sort of dvds oh, i've bought beasts i must watch it and it sort of it sort of piqued my interest especially as it's um Nigel Neal, as well, like like you, Mark, only really known from like Quatermass mm-hmm. and and the Stone Tape, of course. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it's it's a it's a very very interesting curio of a series, I think. Um, mm. And it's it, and very much of its time. Yeah, no, I'd agree. It's um, I think like a lot of old Doctor Who, it's quite uh, an interesting watch, just to from the the standpoint of how TV was made back then. And it's it does very much come across almost like a stage play, doesn't it? You have a, a very limited um, amount of locations. It's usually, well, in some of them, it's just spent virtually entirely in one location, but there are the odd bits of outdoor hmm. shots, but um, it's very much framed so. in that, that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very much uh, of the time. I don't remember seeing it at the time either. Uh, I would have been uh, eight when this uh, came out, so... I shouldn't have been watching uh, yeah. it because it is something no, is a but, little bit know. too much for an eight-year-old. I would say. Plus, um, we had one TV, and you know, my folks didn't really yeah. watch a lot of ITV, so mm-hmm. I don't think I would have seen this. Although one of the stories, the supermarket one um, special mm-hmm. offer, seemed vaguely familiar to me. So I don't okay. know if I caught that 
by some other means, or I, I peeked through a crack in the door or something when, when that one was <laughs> <laughs> So shall we start with that one then, seeing as that is is technically number one, I think, from what I gather, they yes, I think had it on it, various yeah, other ITV regions, the, yeah, and they, yeah. they yeah. mixed the order up a bit, didn't they? Yeah, well, I think the I think different... On, on... Sorry, I was going to say, the DVD, the DVD, it's this first on the second disc, isn't it, special offer? Mm. So uh, I'm not too sure whether what's on the DVD is the is the proper broadcast order for a, a mm. particular region, but it doesn't really matter. As you say, none of them are really connected, no. are they? Yeah, that's so, it. Yeah, all... that's right. I think yeah. they're in, in a different orders in different regions because, of course, you know, that was the way that the ITV channels worked back then, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. So this was yeah. ATV, I think, was it? It was, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Shows how great my memory is. I've only watched it recently and I can't even remember who it was. <laughs> there you go. I've got there in the end. Uh, so, yeah, um, special offer. Hmm. Thoughts, chaps? Well, again, as, as, a, as a, um, a set, it's a very convincing 1970s supermarket, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Depressingly yeah, just, so. Um, <laughs> it is, isn't it? It, <laughs> it will make so it many makes happy you appreciate memories. how far we've come and, and possibly where we're going, thanks to... <laughs> <laughs> of the, let's not get into politics now. Mark, right? didn't you know it was always better in the old days? Didn't you know that? <laughs> yeah, this is proof, surely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Pauline Quirk is the the lead, I suppose you call her in the in this particular story. And uh, yeah, I was going to say Pauline Quirk is someone I do remember from my childhood because she was she had yeah. a um, a kids' TV show called Pauline's Quirks. Yes. Oh. How how original was it? Some kind of I, I don't think you remember Jim. Was it some kind of uh, magazine come comedy sketch show thing? Um, you, you had like pop stars of the day like Flintlock on there, and you know <laughs> bands of that ilk. <laughs> Flintlock. That's, what was this? Seventeen eighty two. Actually, Flintlock. The, actually, I think it's the lead singer of Flintlock is comedian Sarah Pascoe's father. Oh well, there really? you go. There you are. Yes. Wasn't one member of uh, the Tomorrow People in Flintlock? Am I right? Uh, or have they been you... too young? No, wasn't it? Wasn't the the young the youngest one out of the the three? Or was it yeah. three or four? Yeah, yeah he, three he, he was in Flintlock, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Uh, <laughs> we're we're plundering terrible <laughs> ancient <laughs> memories for this. This is going to yeah. be a long evening, isn't it? <laughs> See, I, I first became aware of Pauline Quirk's uh, oeuvre from um, Birds of a Feather, which is yes. quite a yes. way down the line from this. It is, and, yeah, very um, much so. Well, she was quite quite a st- uh, kind of young star, wasn't she? She was in uh, yeah. a, a lot of stuff. I mean, she's really good. You can see why she did so mm. well, can't you? She, she's you know, easily the best thing in this uh, this particular story. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 and um, they're showing, uh, you know, the fantastic uh, TV channel, Talking Pictures TV. Uh, they're showing mm, the yeah. Shadows um, uh, TV yes. series, which is a ITV Kids TV series. Um, she's oh. in at least one of those. I haven't seen them all yet. Okay, um, again, really good. So you need it's it needs to be a young actress, doesn't it, for the part? And mm, it also yeah. needs to be, you know, with no disrespect to, to Pauline Quirk, it also needs to be someone fairly dowdy. Um, well, I think they did sort of uh, help her out by <laughs> making did. her hair look particularly greasy, and you know, it was an acting role. I don't think they just sort of you know grabbed off the street and said you know <laughs> say these lines. I think you know she, she came looking her best, yeah. and they just got her straight up to the set. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd certainly, they'd certainly give her help. But I mean, you know, she just carries it with her performance, and she she's brilliant in this. Yeah, uh, that kind yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, it stretches the whole sort of beasts overarching theme somewhat because it's mm. uh, a, a sort of a, a mascot rather than well, technically a mascot, but it's her. Spoilers, everyone. Uh, it's her being slightly. Uh, well, how would you describe it? Well, she she goes a bit carry She's, on the place, doesn't she? Yeah, she does a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say ESP, but that's not really it, is it? No. Sort of, uh, yeah, she goes carry on their yeah. asses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> carry on up their asses. Out next year, that one <laughs> finally released. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, the yeah, cost... yeah, because obviously, the, the, as you said, the 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 mascot, Brightway Billy. Of this yes. supermarket mm. chain, um, mm. they believe it's well. She she believes it's that has come to life. Yeah, um, and I, I, I suppose really it, it's. I mean, she's got a crush on the store manager as well. Um, yeah. The actor I've seen in other things, and he plays a complete dick in those as well. To be honest with you, yeah, he, really he was does. in Doctor Who, wasn't he? he at was. one point, yeah, no, yes, no, yes. So I, I've never played play any other any other character other than that. Really, sort of like mm. instantly dislikable. Um, yeah, and yeah. you you can't feel sorry for him at all. In no, this. no, not at all. Really yeah. can't. But um, yeah, but it's this whole thing of um, she's only can see Brightway Billy making all this mess and knocking things off the shelves, mm. and it's actually her, isn't it? Um, but you, yeah, you're led to believe that this this store mascot has actually come to life. Well, it's really, essentially it's, it's essentially a poltergeist, isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah. controlled yeah. by her because her unrequited love. Because um, it it tends to happen, doesn't it, when she sees him flirting with somebody, Mister Green, yeah. the store manager, when yeah. he flirts with somebody, you know, she loses her rag and then unleashes uh, her uh, mm-hmm. her inner squirrel. He or does whatever. seem to have a habit <laughs> of hiring. Um, yeah, what I think at the time would have been described as dolly birds. <laughs> yes, well, one of them is Shirley <laughs> Shirley Cheriton out of Angels, who was yes. one yes. of my earliest yeah. crushes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the idea. But as you say, it, it somewhat stretches the beasts' idea. But then a couple mm. of others do as well. Really. Yeah. Um, I thought the effects were literal. When you consider, you know, it's 1976, so mm. you know they are limited to. They don't have the benefit of CGI and a great deal of you know visual effects, so they were reliant on actually physically achieving whatever they set out to do. And I think they did a pretty good job on the whole, yeah, do you think? Yeah, you can't see how they're doing any of it. No, us. you can't. No. You mm. really can't. I mean, there's no sort of visible wires or hands peeking <laughs> no. out from behind shelves or something. <laughs> no. you know, it, it, it's incredibly well done. It um, mm. And I think they, after sort of, const- as I said, they lovingly construct a 1970s supermarket. Um, and yeah, they yeah. literally destroyed the set, don't they? In, in <laughs> yeah. During the course of this story. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. And it's, it's, extremely well done for its day especially mm. it's a uh, it hasn't got a lot of a lot of budget um and it's studio bound as well which usually gives away all it, all its shortcomings when it's on a, on a tight budget but and so in this particular one it didn't no no i think it worked in its favor to a degree. yeah i think it did even, even with the little um the little cafe across the road as well which is all which was almost, almost like one set. You could see from one set into the other, couldn't you? At, at mm, certain yeah. points, um, I'd, I'd say it was it was really good. Actually, it was mm. um, very well acted, and Pauline Quirk does it really well. Um, yeah, she plays the, the you know the lovesick um, shop assistant, 
and then, but then she sort of flips that switch and becomes, mm. they say, get, gets, gets all carry on their ass. So <laughs> it's... Uh, it, it, I imagine it could be quite easy to, to get into, you know, it goes very over the top. Mm. Um, but I don't think she ever really does that. I think no. it's quite a controlled no, performance. I think she does a really good job. She also manages to keep you on her side, really. Even by the end, yeah. I think you're still on her side, even though she's you know trashing this this shop with her like a her weird mind stuff. Um, yeah, mm. she's still sympathetic to the end. I think. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, right. everyone treats it very, very. All their characters actually treat it appallingly, don't they? Really? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah. there's the one lad in the the storeroom who's kind of friends with her, but he turns against because he gets scared of her, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So by the end, she's got nobody uh, except the the, uh, the old HR bloke comes in, doesn't he? The uh, per- personnel man come, yeah. mm-hmm. comes in, and uh, you know the things come to a head after that. But um, yeah, he tries to befriend her, doesn't he? But uh, yeah, it all goes a bit far. <laughs> <laughs> too little, too late, really. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think there are any? Um, I mean, not necessarily just specifically on this episode, but do you think there are any sort of tropes of? Nigel Neal's writing that come across in this series that you can you can pick out and think oh yeah that's a that's a very Nigel Neal sort of thing. Um, I, do you know what I, I think this is completely to, from what I've seen of his stuff and I must admit it's fairly limited because I say it's mainly Quatermass mm. mess and the Stone Tape. Mm. Um, yeah. I I think this is probably a bit different for him. Yeah, it does seem of a piece, doesn't it? it seems... Yeah, yeah, having that that theme, you know, of, you know, the, the whole. I suppose it's nature versus humanity kind of thread mm. that sort of runs through it in a, in a kind of way. Um, there's also sort of like a um, a supernatural bent to it yeah. as well, uh, which mm. again you could say that's very Nigel Neal. Yeah, I mean even quite a mess in the pit. I, I to me it's not straightforward science fiction. I think there's an element of supernatural. Yeah, he he has this um, real knack for creepiness. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say this particular story was creepy, though. Um, mm. I think it's, it's the wrong kind of setting for it to be creepy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he, one of the things that he liked doing was was sort of finding terror in everyday situations, and you don't get much more mm. every day than a, than a little supermarket no. like that, a high street supermarket. Um, mm. So, um, but I, I think sort of plot wise, I suppose the nearest one to any of the stuff that he's done that that I know. Uh, would be baby. Uh, which, yeah, which I was has, thinking that. Yeah, has nods to a quite mess in the pit, doesn't it? Hmm. Which we will cover in a bit. Hmm. <laughs> or shall we cover it next? I mean, we don't have to stick to the the order they. Oh, it's come the, well, the list. Well, since we mentioned it, we might as well do this one next then. Yeah, so let's do that. this was one of the picks for me. I I must admit, I did find uh, the not so much the quality, but my interest varied from from episode to episode. Yeah. And this one really gripped me. This was, it had those signature things and the whole thing where they discover the uh, the pot behind the wall. Mm. That's very reminiscent of um, Quatermass of the Pit and that kind of even with, the, even the thing they pull out elements. Uh, similar. Well, as yeah, the, quite. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I I found this was more in line with something like M. R. James. Yes. Um, like yeah. One, one of the no. Christmas ghost stories. Yeah. Um, there was one in particular, I think it was The Treasure of Abbot Thomas, Yeah. Mm-hmm. where you've got the, it's the same sort of story, there's something bricked up which must never be, um, never be taken out again. And it's it, yeah. and it, when they do, it's, it's the, the scientific curiosity 
mm. um, basically get you know gets the better of of the protagonist, and there's always a price to pay. Mm. And then this a similar kind of story. So, mm. um, but of course, this one um, stars the 1970s sex god Simon McCorkindale, <laughs> Manimal <laughs> himself. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Manimal. <laughs> <laughs> Without the lumpy hands. Without the lumpy hands. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. and Jane Wymark, um, who the name might not be familiar, but the face might be. Um, yes. She was hmm. in Midsummer Murders. Yes. Ah, okay. She's yeah, the... John uh, John Nettle's wife in uh... mm-hmm. his skeletal wife. <laughs> <laughs> she always looks like a skull with a wig on in that. I always think. <laughs> Nice. She always speaks very highly of you, Jim. <laughs> yes. Which, for some reason, my, my wife mistook for. Uh, she mistook Jane Wymark as a Jane out of Rod, Jane and Freddie for some reason. Oh I don't know why. <laughs> nothing alike, but. That could have been a very different episode. It yes, been, indeed. Yeah, yeah, musical. Indeed. Um, her father is uh, <laughs> Patrick Wymark, isn't it? Um, yes. He's been in quite a few uh, like Hammer horror films, for instance, or Amicus ones. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes, indeed. That name definitely. And of course, about... um, where Eagles there. Ah, of course. Ah, that could be it then. That yes. might be where I recognise him from. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't spoil the film for everybody, but he was, he was, he was the traitor at the end. There you are. Spoilers. I haven't got around to watching that yet. <laughs> for the hundredth time. <laughs> don't worry. It'll be on next Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really like this one. Um, I thought the setup was really good when you see her arriving at the new house and you get the, the idea straight away that it's something's not right. She brings the cat in the basket, it's freaking out and uh, it has to get away. And uh, you got the two guys there who are working on the, the building. Um, and yeah, I just I think the setup is brilliant. I think the tension really starts to rack up. I do question what on earth is going through Simon McCorkindale's mind when he doesn't want to get rid of the damn thing. I don't understand. Well, it's a scientific motivation for keeping it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the yeah, that's what leads leads their downfall, doesn't mm. it? Because he's a vet, isn't he? We should say so. Yeah. You know, to find an unidentified, mummified animal that you can't work out what, what species it is. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, by all means, you know, try and identify it but don't leave it in the keep house. it in a closet in in the bathroom come on in the nursery in <laughs> take fact, it to it? your vet- veterinary surgery or something or take it to a place like an isolation place where you'd have mm. uh, animals that you keep away from you know because you don't know what it's died of no no yeah sorry not not animals manimals <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, a, you know, yeah, that's it always strike me as a bit. May I just being really picky there? But just, yeah. <laughs> well, in every horror film, you know, one of the leads has to do something incredibly stupid, don't they? And, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's right. Let's all split up. That's the one yeah. in this yeah. story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that they do anything particularly stupid. I think that they're just incredibly, mm. I, I don't say naive. They're, they're, they ignore all the mm. warning signs, don't they? Um, yeah. And it, it, it's kind of that. But very again, very much of its time. It's the the they don't believe the the uh, hysterical woman. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. very much like that. I mean, she knows exactly what's going on. But uh, come along, my dear, we're men of science. Yes. You know, it's it's, it's that it's that kind of um, yeah. it's that kind of story. But obviously, mm-hmm. um, she's proven Simon, right at the end. Yeah, indeed. Simon Corkendale can't hear the incidental music, so he doesn't know anything creepy is happening. <laughs> <laughs> he just thinks it's all okay. <laughs> No, that's good. It's got a lot of atmosphere. Yeah. This story, it really has. Mm. Um, I, th- I think any, any of this kind of um, tale 
I think is always mm. very, very atmospheric, um, especially mm. things, you know, things bricked up in, in, in walls and animals behaving strangely and, and people having nightmares about it and hearing and, and seeing things. It's, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love that kind of rural story. horror really do. Uh, thing to it as well, isn't it? Going out in the woods yes. and, you know, something creepy about it. And of course, there's yeah. a, you know, spoiler alert, there's, there's a, a witch involved. So, yeah, it's, it's, hmm. I mean, not thematically, but I think I was getting a real Ghostwatch vibe out of it. Oh, uh, I know sort what you of mean. racking yeah. up the tension and just the reveal at the end, and it's all do, very. Do you know what? I've never seen uh, Ghostwatch. Oh, Phil. Never seen it. I, I don't know why it passed me by mm. at the time, um, but knowing, no, knowing now what it was mm-hmm. and what a fantastic um, sort of Halloween trick to oh, yeah. everybody. I remember watching it as it went down. Because the, the, the radio, the radio time spoilt it by giving away a, yeah. you know the cast list mm-hmm. and it was done yeah. as a play and it's meant to be like the, the you know the jokes on us it's meant to be live television yeah. and michael parkinson gets taken mm-hmm. over probably by the spirit of jamie cullen well inside number nine did the nearest equivalent didn't they for for well not our generation because we we were old enough to see that i guess but that's the latest version of that sort of thing yeah. isn't it their live live episode but that was done right it was done sort of it's a live episode mm. and you generally thought things were going wrong yeah. with the transmission and they spun it into something else that i mean that was incredibly well done but anyway not talking about inside number nine that that <laughs> that'll probably be a, 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 a another episode entirely that well, one but, maybe uh, we'll get you back with that one <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> so so yeah that was to me that was the pick of the bunch i just I really mm. that, it just spoke to me and uh, i was really gripped by it and uh yeah i just i thought all the cast were really good um, it's my favorite I, I, I remember the, the first time I watched this, I was actually alone in the house at the time and I was watching it quite mm. late at night and I just saw the one episode. I didn't w- watch anything else afterwards. So I just saw this one in isolation. and I was Went out to the kitchen for a snack, <laughs> knocked a hole in the wall. <laughs> Isn't it great? But, but just to, to, to uh, pop back to the plot for a second, it's great <laughs> and how 70s it was to see uh, Simon Cork McCorkendale in real time knocking bricks out of a wall <laughs> yeah. to get to this thing. There are no cuts or anything. You just watch him just heaving bricks no, no. out of this wall. Um, but yeah, as I say, I watched this first time on my own and I literally I went around, checked all the doors, <laughs> turned the lights oh. on. <laughs> I absolutely scared me crapless, this did the first mm. time I saw it. And it still packs a punch uh, on subsequent viewings, I think. Yeah, yeah but one it of the, does. One of the big it things throughout all this is the sound design, which is absolutely superb yes. in all six episodes, mm. I think. But that yeah. sound, when when we see uh, the Jane Wymark character come down and you can hear the, the rocking chair going, and you can hear suckling mm. going on, can't you? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with that, um, ladies. No, of course but, not. <laughs> but it is if it's a witch <laughs> and a creature of unidentified species. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well i think that i think that's that's the thing now it uh, and that's what i like about this sort of particular era of i suppose you could say like television um horror or, or thriller is that obviously they couldn't always afford to show the you know the monster yeah unless there's more so a lot of it's le- yeah exactly it was left up to your imagination uh or you just heard yeah 
so what 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 was going on right and you you just saw the protagonist's reaction mm -hmm. to that um which to, to my works a hell of a lot better than showing all the blood oh, and gore yeah definitely you know I, i'm i'm not a fan of modern horror no, at all. I mean... I'm, I'm very i'm very much firmly stuck in the um in the hammer and the old um, yeah, me, universal me horror traditions yeah, i think to be honest really cinema am. went through that whole phase of i think they called it torture porn oh, where God. you had yeah. You know, more yeah. and more gory stuff, yeah. and it just put me right off. I'd rather watch something like Alien, no. which is, you know, real shit your pants scary well, it, stuff. Again, but you again, don't really see it, that it's much. It's gory. It show, yeah, exactly. Well, it does show you, but it's over sort of fairly quickly. Yeah. And I think because it's over quickly, it remains in the memory mm. of that much longer because it's that quick flash of horror, yeah. um, and it stays with you. And I think that's why things like, you know, Baby. Mm. Um, I think after you watch after you watch it, it will stay yeah, with you. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely yeah. Really will. Um, can, can we move on to my, oh, my okay. favourite? Actually, um, and and that's the dummy. Now we're talking <laughs> about Hammer Horror <laughs> okay, Films. Nice yeah. segue. Uh, yes, uh, the dummy, uh, which I thought was was brilliant. Again, mm. stretching stretching that concept of beasts and nature, uh, and really, this is really the story of a man having a nervous mm. breakdown. Yeah. Really. Um, but it's the, it, it's the whole taking the you know extracting the Michael out of that whole hammer, mm. amicus um, horror trope thing, or you know having a, a very unconvincing monster yeah. lumbering around a, you know lumbering <laughs> around a film set, um, which I thought I mean Bernard Horsfall um, is the, is the lead actor in this one again known to um, Doctor Who mm, fans yeah. out there, um, but I, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he was very good in this really. Yeah, um, I didn't think he overplayed the breakdown too much. No, no, I thought to be honest, it's quite a measured performance. Yeah, because um, especially sort of you know, he's, he's turned to he's turned to drink. Cause his, his wife has um, I don't want to spoil the whole thing for a base. His, his wife has left him uh, for this other actor who's now starring in this latest Dummy film. Because the Dummy is, is the name of the character Bernard Horsfall plays. Mm. It's uh, like this the the main monster of this series. Um, yeah, and and it all sort of unravels from there, really, mm. doesn't it? And and again, I think to make use of the studio in its entirety to to make this story, I thought was very very well done. Yes, yeah, no, it's and very, obviously a cost saving exercise as well. So, yeah, but I just I just really liked it. I liked it. I liked the fact that the you know the the, the outfit was unconvincing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of Godzilla <laughs> well. outfit, isn't it? Uh, although they don't watch out for it, yeah, hands, we, though, yeah, it'll crush you. Yeah, yes, indeed. But it, it, I mean, obviously, it adorns the uh, the DVD cover as well, the dummy, doesn't it? So you, you if you if you spot it on the shelf or just Google Anoja Nil's Beast, that's what you'll see as an image. I think image. that's a um, slight problem, so you don't you? Because if you think, ah, oh, I wonder what this is like, and you see that on the front, which is intentionally bad, isn't it? Yeah. You'll think, oh god, this yeah. is absolutely awful. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> but then I guess if you see the name Nigel Neal, you're hopefully going to think, well, there's going to be a bit of substance behind it. I don't. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that Nigel Neal had yeah. a bit of a run-in with uh, Hammer, and I think this was a slight revenge? Oh, okay, piece yeah, because the whole Quatermass thing. That. Yeah. Mm. Um, so he's taking the piss out of Hammer films. In, in this, they even get Thorley, Thorley Walters, yeah, Hammer's staple. Oh, yeah, they get isn't him, he brilliant? For a bit part, don't they? Yeah, it's forever coming in and out asking if it's his time to go on. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that was it. 
And Clive Swift I did as like well. That. that was good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who fan? Oh, Clive Swift. <laughs> and also, if you're an M.R. James fan as well, Clive Swift, it was in two yes. stories. Oh, was he? Of that yeah, as well, yeah. Right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, playing played the same character, funnily mm. enough, but... Uh, in both stories, but uh, yeah, it's um, now I, I just really like it because it, it. I think once that he has his breakdown, um, and basically he becomes that the character he plays, he completely. I mean, he's real method acting, isn't it? He loses himself <laughs> in the character, um, but without the costume on, um, he just completely loses yeah. it. Um, so <laughs> the thing is, though, it is that sight of Bernard Horse in his vest and pants, a very nineteen seventies <laughs> vest and pants as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is unintentionally funny. That, <laughs> and it's and it certainly is a powerful image. <laughs> like you said, Phil, it stays with you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll haunt me to my dying yeah. day. <laughs> you do feel sorry for him, though, don't you? Apart yeah. from the whole thing of you know his wife and whatever. Well, you, you him. yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the th- the thing is though that the the wife, the um, the man or the actor whose wife has run off is mm. is instantly yeah. dislikable oh, and slimy. Cock, isn't he? Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah totally. he is. No he, two ways he, about it. There is no two ways. There's no beating about the bush in that, and no. and you you can't wait for him to get his own cup. Yeah, up yeah, you're waiting for it to happen. He's um, Simon Oates, uh, famous for Doom Watch. Don't know if you. Yes, yes, mm. yes, indeed. Yeah, so yeah, he's good in that. Yeah, there's a little line, isn't there? I mean, I, I think the whole theme of this is is, is kind of like the inner. The inner rage, sort of animalistic mm. rage, um, you know, if you're pushed to certain lengths, it will come out, and I think that's what happens to the, the yeah. Clive character here. But there's a little line, isn't there, mm. from the journalist who was the the evil Zygon nurse in Terror of the Zygons? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. She um, she talks about African masks. It's like Doctor Who bingo. Isn't it, it is, yeah. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and she talks about. Um, yeah, it's African tribal ceremonies where you know the leader will put on an, mm. uh, an animal mask, um, and the tribe will think that the mask itself is alive and turns the leader into the animal that it's re- representing, mm-hmm. and it, that is kind of mm. mirrored in what happens when uh, he puts the dummy uniform on, um, the dummy outfit, as you say. See, see again, it's more supernatural. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, it mm, could be, yeah. or this this is a you could go either well, you could way. Read it two ways, yeah, can't you could read this in two ways. Either yeah. he's just gone nuts because of you know just so much stuff has mm. come on top for him, isn't it? Or you could you know you could believe that it's some something that the uh, uh, the outfit is doing for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I suppose I, mean, I suppose that the other thing to to link it back to the whole beasts thread again, it, it's almost like he's gone primal yeah. to a certain yeah. degree. Yeah. He's, he's become an animal, hasn't mm-hmm. he? Even though it's a make-believe animal, but uh, an animal, ne- ne- you know, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. So, I th- so I think on, on that front it works. But I, I just like the... There is a lot of tension in this one because you don't know where he's going to he's going to spring out from next as they're trying to sort of mm-hmm. coax him out. Yeah. And the fact they have to lock him in the studio as well because <laughs> he has gone, you know, Tonto. he's willing now willing to kill anybody gets in his way, you know? Yeah, so. it's very unpredictable, isn't it? You don't know what's going to happen in this one. Yeah. So I think that's that's why I like it. That's why I like it. As I said, I think Bernard Horsfall is really good. But then again, I'd, I'd like Bernard Horsfall in, in just about everything I've seen him in, if I'm yeah, honest with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, uh, um, I, I was going to say go from the sublime to the ridiculous. Mm. I think um, I, the, the worst one on here is Buddy Boy. <laughs> yes. I thought I was alone on that. Uh, you're not. That's, that there makes three of us. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is one's bizarre. 
It is weird, isn't it? Certainly that. And yeah, um, not from the, the the point of view of um, you know what it is. It's just the fact that the whole thing is surrounded uh, <laughs> surrounds around a indoor dolphin pool <laughs> in the t- in the tiniest set you've ever seen yeah. your entire life for a dolphin pool. I mean, it's um, yeah. it's just such a weird concept, and it's haunting this building. Um, which, which is wants to be taken by a pawn baron played yeah. by Martin Shaw. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you couldn't make it up. It's just well, Nigel Neal could. You couldn't. And you got a Scotch guy from um, oh, Hot Mum yeah. as well. Yes, is it Stuart McGugan? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. This, this is um, yeah stretching that concept just a little bit too far. This mm. one. Well, yeah. This is this is odd. I mean, I suppose it's a, it's a little bit about you know man's relationship. To animals, isn't it? Um, I mean, he, who's mm-hmm. who's the owner? Uh, Hubbard, isn't it? Um, yeah. He, he, the dolphin, the, the you know the, the best dolphin in the group, Buddy Boy, it, it seems to be getting the better of him, doesn't it? Which doesn't seem difficult to see how inept this bloke is. Not really, no. <laughs> uh, but so he, he um, basically torches it, doesn't he? Gets him out of the water for a whole night, mm. doesn't he? And yeah, that's very bad for a dolphin because yeah. you know, their lungs get crushed and all sorts. Um, and then the dolphin sort of haunts him, doesn't it, afterwards? And then there's, but you know, the kind of the nicer sort of relationship of human to animal is Lucy, isn't it? Who's um, mm. she seems slightly well in the seventies would have been called simple, <laughs> you know, sort of learn, learning difficulties type. I, I think mm. isn't yeah. she's supposed to be portrayed that way. I mean, she had a very almost too close relationship with the dolphins. And she's go swimming with them, no doubt. She used to grab hold of their tummy bananas and get to get pulled around the pool. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't out and out say it, but you get the idea. You get that idea, at least my filthy Wow. <laughs> Maybe I've just lived again, a very sheltered a... life, Jim, but I never thought of that. Uh, yet again, that certainly is a powerful image. Oh, dear. Let's not even start on the blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this one's definitely going to be getting an explicit tag. Um, <laughs> yes, Jim sets them up. You knock them down. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> and to, speaking of which, the, the sex scene was quite disturbing as well. Yeah, yes. Did you not think? I, it's yeah. It, it it didn't seem could that consensual either. No, mm. and it seemed extremely mm, unlikely honest. as well. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, it, it, it yeah, there's all sorts of wrong with this, this yeah. particular episode. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I suppose it's what they're trying yeah, to uh, achieve, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what's going through Nigel Neal's mind. You know, I suppose it's it's that exploitation of um, of animals, yeah, yeah. really, um, and sort of like that that coming back to to haunt humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it was the seventies, it would be mankind. So um, yeah, but again. I, I suppose you could say like a, a dolphin haunting is is originalised here. <laughs> Definitely original. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's about as, as, as much as it's got it's got going for it, really. Mm. Um, I suppose it's about the exploitation uh, of people as well, isn't it? You know, because of the, yeah. the porn cinema mm. and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and the way that every woman yeah. in this this uh, story gets treated, uh, they get treated very badly by the men, don't they? In fact, that's the yeah. theme that runs through a lot of this. These six episodes, I think. Yeah, yeah. But then that might be yeah. the sign I mean, of the times. That... You know, that might be. 
it was just, well, it was I, I think you, you, I think you could be right there, Jim. Actually, I think it is a sign of the times. I mean, you know, the, the first time you see Martin Shaw in this, he's, he's viewing as, as you know, for, for want of a better description, a topless mm. woman, um, for, for you know, for one of his acts. Mm. Where, you know, um, yeah, it's. I mean, there's no likable characters in this particular story at all, except maybe for Lucy. Yeah. No. She's slightly too annoying to be likable. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You, you, there's no one to really root no, for in this particular episode, is there? You know, you don't want to see anyone, you know, particularly come out on top on this one. You know, you want, you know, what you want the uh, the dolphin to exact its blood curdling revenge really. <laughs> from beyond so... its watery grave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what Judith Kerr would have made of all this. She was uh, Nigel Neal's wife. Oh, right. And uh, she's probably better known in our household than Nigel Neal because she wrote the Mog books. Oh, really? Yes, she yeah. did. Yes, of course. Yeah, she passed and the tiger recently, came to tea. And... Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I just, I just can't imagine the lady who wrote those uh, also having to read through. Sexy dolphins and uh, <laughs> well, sexy well, dolphins. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what um, she. That's what you know. She egged on Nigel. She read the script. What this needs is more tits. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough dolphins for me. <laughs> Great, but needs a dolphin. <laughs> well, obviously, it wasn't just a one-sided oh, relationship okay. because uh, the dolphin obviously goes a bit. Banana pants crazy and uh, does her in in the end because obviously he's very jealous that uh, she's been having it away with Martin Shaw. Mm. Yeah, That's indeed. Having indeed. it off, as I say, in just a couple of the episodes of this. <laughs> it take, it, <laughs> having it, it off. It takes you back to the 70s watching oh, oh, this. Yeah. Yeah. Was it get, getting his leg over? <laughs> <laughs> Our times have changed. Yeah, oh, I have to say, for me, it was a bit of a dud. And um, yeah, I was slightly worried about coming on and talking about that one because I, I, yeah, I wasn't sure how revered this series was by you, you guys, and I wasn't sure whether you'd be. I, uh, you know. I, do you know what? I don't, I don't think it is. I, so I'm, I'm name dropping now. When I had a, a conversation with uh, Toby Haydock, oh, he's yeah. a, a big, yeah, he's a he's big Nigel Neal aficionado. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, he's currently writing a book about him, and he also did that um, to, for Radio Four. He did that oh, lost yeah. Nigel Neal play, oh, The Road, mm. which was very very good actually, yeah, very good. Um, but he he's when I was talking to him at that point, I hadn't actually got round to watching this DVD box set, um, and he said, "Yeah, to be honest, there's only one really outstanding story um, on on this, which I think I think we should save till last, that which, which is during Barty's party." Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that, that's his, and it is a good mm. one. It is very, very good. Um, so I, I suppose before we get to that, we've got what big eyes? <laughs> yeah, uh, a supposed werewolf story. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the phrase "banana pants crazy" <laughs> springs to mind. Well, for God's sake, it's got Patrick <laughs> McGee yes. in it for crying out loud. Never played anyone <laughs> I mean, sane he, in his career. <laughs> I mean, he I is know, very, he, he, very method, isn't he? <laughs> He's got to be the most eccentric yeah. actor I've. No matter what I've seen him in, he's always played that kind of part, and he or he plays it that way. Oh, he's a great bit of casting. I mean, I, d- mm. I must admit, I've not really seen him in much else, but um, yeah, he he really fits the bill. He's a terrifying actor, I think. 
It's very, very unsettling yes. in anything I've seen. I mean, he's in one of the uh, portmanteau amicus films, isn't it? When the screening starts, is it? Or one of those? Um, it's, isn't it the one? Someone really oh. keeps the animals it's in the... the... Is it dogs he keeps? It's, 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 the, it's the old, like the, the old uh, sort of gentleman's rest yes. home, isn't it? And they're yeah. all... Hmm. Um, I think they're all basically blind, yes. aren't they? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a home for old blind men. It's just strange as that seems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, I try to remember if they're all blind or not. Yeah, they were, weren't they? And and a new manager uh, comes, like an older ex-army major, mm-hmm. comes in and basically sort of uh, cuts costs and uh, yeah, basically runs the place into the grounds. Yeah. And they finally had enough, and one one of their number die, and they exact their you know exact their revenge on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's again, it, he's very very menacing in that, and he's menacing in this as well. He was uh, King Lear in one of the uh, BBC. Productions. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Well, I yeah. think King Lear, from what I remember, King Lear has a descendant to man. I suspect he played it mad from the from the first <laughs> line. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're making me think of Tom Baker now when he was talking about him doing uh, Shakespeare, and he he said, you know, I felt really bad because all these people had come to see me because I've been in Doctor Who. So I thought, well, I'll just play it like Doctor Who, and <laughs> the number of laughs I got was incredible. <laughs> this is one of the tragedies that he's supposed to be playing, but you know. Uh, somebody was saying earlier about how the women really come off really badly in all of these pretty much and uh, his daughter god God, Mm. he feels so bad for her I mean it's a I suppose the the, the description would be doormats wouldn't it Mm. she's given up her whole life with this absolute crazy person and basket uh, case yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, Uh, he just feels so bad for her well I wonder if they well it's Oh, so, so, I was just you. wondering if you're looking for sort of uh, parallels, and this is all about wolves, isn't it? And wolf packs and stuff. Mm, I'm wondering yeah. if there's, you know, like the, the pecking order of the wolf pack here, and uh, you know, it's also goes into the to the humans in this story because he sees himself as pack leader and her very much as a, a subordinate to him. Mm-hmm. Just wondering, mm. like, what the background yeah. thing to this? Yeah, but you've also got again, you've you've got that. That sort of psychological aspect. Of it. Then, then again, he puts in that supernatural thing because mm. um, he, he's literally trying to become like a wolf, isn't he? Yeah, through scientific means, tension, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, the tension racks up because the whole way through, you're watching, you thinking, "This guy is nuts. <laughs> this guy is crazy." Yeah. And then, when he, I must, I must admit, when he inverted commas dies. You can see his stomach going up and down <laughs> yeah. quite easily. Uh, yes, it's the worst bit uh, of dead acting I've ever seen. Yeah, not not the best corpse ever, but um, <laughs> there's just there's always that feeling when they put the cloth over his face that some sort of transformation is going to happen. Mm. Um, mm. And they do hint at that, don't they? And they try and sort of play that up, and then of course they take it off, and it's revealed that he's he's just normal. Well, there's a kind of well, it looks like a, a snout yeah. underneath the sheet, doesn't it? It looks like a wolf's mm, snout yeah. underneath it. I mean, are we supposed to think yeah. that's what Florence is seeing, or yeah. what is actually happening? Yeah, I think it's what she's seeing because, you know, mm. at the end of this, you don't think he has tran- transformed or was ever ever no. likely to. Really, I think that's she's she's nuts by the end of this, isn't she? As well. Well, yeah, oh god, so yeah. I'm wondering if that's yeah, got, I, sort of from from her point of view, but it's quite quite a, a good moment. I, I was I must admit slightly worried that they were going to have some really terrible 
at werewolf makeup on when they flip flip the thing back. <laughs> and I was kind of relieved that you know no transformation had taken place really. Yeah, it was sort of it, it sort of really really heavily hinted that as you said, Mark, when they when they're going to pull back the cup, mm. the blanket, it, there's going to be a werewolf yeah. under there because that that's the whole thing. He said when he dies, he's going to be reborn um, as as this sort of werewolf. Um, as you say, it didn't happen, but they right up until that moment. With, with the reveal and the, the real is nothing happens. Mm. You're still waiting for that sort of like you're on the edge of your seat kind of thing, wait, waiting for that werewolf reveal, mm. um, which, which doesn't happen. Um, so they sort of, they just sort of pull it back from the brink of that whole supernatural yeah. aspect mm. again. Yeah. They sort of, they sort of, I think frankly, sort of, sort of dangle that carrot to a certain degree and then sort of whip it away from you mm-hmm. just as you're about to, about to grab it. So, um, I suppose it's fairly, fairly atmospheric. I mean, yeah. I mean, Patrick McGee is start staring bonkers in this. <laughs> um, my, my, I think Michael Kitchen does a, a relatively yeah. good. Yeah, he um, does. He does. Actually, but I've always found, I've always liked Michael Kitchen. I think he's a, he's a good yeah. actor. He's very um, good on the Doctor Who show. Oh no, it's David <laughs> Kitchen, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> wrong person, wrong continent. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. No, I th- I thought um, I'd, I'd say because he, he's I, I think really cast against against type in that Brian Pern. Oh uh, yes, Rock. Yeah, as a foul mouth manager. As as uh, yeah, I think he's absolutely <laughs> fantastic absolutely in that. Superb in that. <laughs> but he's great in this and this whole thing. I mean, it's a three hander essentially, isn't it? Uh, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Not a huge amount of action, but a ton of exposition. But the acting is so good in this, uh, particularly from Patrick mm-hmm. McGee and Michael Kitchen that. Um, you you almost don't notice how little action there is. You just the performances just carry you through it. I think. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. But that's the thing. The the main thing about most of these stories, they're all really sort of three handers, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, very very small cast. Yeah. You know, and and as as we've been going through this, it's all like a you know a veritable who's who of nineteen seventies actors or Doctor Who actors, really. Mm. Um, so I think if you switch one on, you put one that you you recognise at least one or two of the faces. Yes, definitely. In it, you know. So so I think from that point of view, it, that's why it's such a it's such a curio. Mm. This this particular series, and only it was only one series as well, wasn't it? Yeah, they didn't no, make they any more after no. this. But uh, but no, I think you know it's it's um I think if, if you're expecting a werewolf reveal at the end, as we said, you're going to be disappointed yeah. really. But but it is very very good. Um, it, it works from the I, sort of the human drama point of view, though, doesn't it? It because, does. Yeah. Because she on a psychological level. Yeah, it's a psychological thriller essentially, isn't it? You know how this man, mm. this crazy yeah. man's uh, actions have affected people, particularly his daughter, mm. uh, and her sort of mm. breakdown yeah. at the end and. You know, she, it ends with her actually. She turns against him, doesn't she? And at the very end, she turns, yeah. gets back on side, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Very. Good. I can only imagine the life the poor woman's had. Oh, awful. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he didn't let her go out or anything, and he she had one suitor which he completely cock blocked, and these. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Her, her life has just been spent serving him and being, you know, roundly mm. insulted, you know, throughout that mm. time. Um, just to keep that, as I was saying, that keep that sort of pecking order there. You know, she, yeah, he was so rude to her, made her feel worthless, and fit, and made mm. her feel that he was this genius, which you know, clearly, no matter what he, he, what he thought, he probably wasn't. He just ended no. up. 
well, he wasn't. It didn't. It didn't well, work. Well, did it? Well, <laughs> blood, blood poisoned himself, you know, and he put his own uh, sort of blood serum into one of the Timberwolves, which had to be put yeah. down. So, I mean, nothing he did mm. came to anything. Yeah, no. Well, it certainly just, worked for yeah. me in terms of being very unsettling. Mm. I found his performance particularly <laughs> creepy. It's horrible. It was. It's really horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I suppose what we've got left there is during Barty's party. Yeah, now this was the um, first one that I watched because I kind of watched them out of order because you guys happened to mention that they were available on a, um, a certain video sharing website. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you can share or you can buy them from Network v- uh, DVD. You can, <laughs> you can, if you're you not can, a tight-fisted git like me. <laughs> 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 I thought this was fantastic. I really enjoyed this one. This is really good, yeah. actually. Um, as recommended by Toby Haydock. So <laughs> yeah. so. Somebody mentioned earlier the sound design, and yeah. I think it really comes to the fore in this one. Absolutely. The yes. Sound designer gets a credit at the end. I'm not sure uh, they do on the end of in, in the episode, any of the other episodes, but they certainly do on this one as mm. a credit for sound design. Yeah. Which is yeah, absolutely yeah. of paramount importance. And this is it's the, the main thing, really. Mm. We talk about lack of budget and you know, not you know, realising a rat invasion would be very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But well, yeah. I mean, consider you mentioned um, Simon Oates and Doom. <laughs> I was just going to say that it didn't work out very well in the year of the rat, did it? No, it didn't exactly. <laughs> so if if you can't afford to do it, don't yeah. show it. Um, which is exactly what this did, and they get it spot yes. on. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, you don't see a single rat mm. at all, and this is just this is just a two hander. Mm-hmm. Um, this story. Um, and I found it was incredibly unsettling. Well, right from the beginning, yeah. right well. from the beginning, when you see that d- abandoned yes. sports car, and then, you know, obviously, yeah. um, to use the uh, contemporary parlance, uh, a man and woman are having it off on the, in the in the fields, <laughs> and then you just hear the terrible screaming from them. Um, and then that's the first time you hear yeah. the radio, don't you? Is on the, the car radio, and that's mm. a theme throughout mm. this, isn't it? That, that, that's what Barty's party yeah. is. It's a, Suitably cheesy, dreadful radio programs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I suppose really that the, the the two characters in it um, are very sort of stereotypical, almost like Terry and June like, aren't they? Very, very, <laughs> yeah. very middle class. Yeah. Um, the what wife is at home all day long. Mm. Um, get gets the husband a drink when he gets home from a long day at work. You know, yes. that is that's that kind of thing. Um, but what I liked as, as the tension racks up and she's slowly going hysterical mm. through the, the you know the noise and and you know, the constant scratching and of yeah. the rats um towards at the end the roles yes. are reversed mm-hmm. which i which i thought was yeah, brilliant he, yeah. he absolutely flips doesn't he at the end he's just a sort of bag of jelly isn't he by the end and then she she takes yeah. charge uh, i thought that was yeah that's a really good moment particularly mm. in, in how yeah women have been trade, portrayed in these six episodes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Because I say, I, mean, I don't know if it, was, if it was intentional of why this was the last one on the DVD box set. Mm. Um, you know, it's sort of, as, we, as we said, there's that theme of women being treated rather appallingly, um, I think very much in keeping with yeah. the time. Mm. Um, but this this does flip flip that around mm. somewhat. She, she's no, no damsel in distress come the end of this um i wonder it's difficult to i say it's difficult to talk about without spoiling the ending well i i would really? i would think that anyone who's me. really going to search out this episode is probably i know but this is this it, is particularly good this one isn't it though mm. that's the mm. hmm 
I don't know how to sort of play this well, but basically, um, I think the, the bit that got me when that, when they think they're they're yeah. saved, mm. um, yeah, the scratching has stopped. Yeah, their neighbours have turned up, and again, you don't see the neighbours; you just hear their voices, mm. and then you hear them being attacked by the rats, and yeah. that was one of the most unnerving yeah. things in this entire yeah, particularly story. Particularly children there as well. Aren't they? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It that was really horrible. That bit. But again, it's left up to your imagination. Mm. You didn't see anything. Yeah. You 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 just yeah. heard it, and that's all you and need the reaction, to do. The reaction from the one. two leads as well, looking out the window. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need to to make that work. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, it was um, a standout for me. But, yeah, but it was it was the thing. Um, at the end, where they're trying to sort of barricade themselves in from this, you know, the rats have now turned their attention back to them again. Mm. Um, and the onslaught now is pretty relentless. Um, and again, it just proves they're middle class, or they have fencing masks. Yes. <laughs> Every you know, home has but, a few uh, of them. Don't you have those hanging around in the house, Phil? Come on. <laughs> but um, the thing was, though, she said, right, right, you know, put these on because basically the rats were going to gnaw their eyes mm. out. Mm. They did that, that. That was that. Pretty much said everything, yeah. really, to me. That the fact they they put them on, not because it was sort of like you know, um, it seemed like a good idea at the time. It, it was a practical use because they basically would have their faces gnawed off. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was. Um, I actually thought this one was pretty terrifying. Yeah, actually, it mm. is. It reaches a real sort of fever pitch by the end, doesn't it? It racks rack, yeah. up yeah. and out, doesn't it? Yeah, um, and I think the other thing is well, when you think they've got that life flung, so they get through to Barty's yeah. party. Yes, oh. on the radio. And then, and yeah. he, after all, he's not quite so much of a dick as he appears, isn't he? Because he actually uh, no, um, you know, he's worried about them, and he, he tries to sort of mobilise the listeners, doesn't he, doesn't he to, uh, mm. to try and get them to, to yeah. locate them and, and help. Yeah, but then it sort of comes out across on the road. There's thousands of these massive rats crossing country roads yeah. and mm. attacking people. So it's like a nationwide sort of invasion now yeah. um but yeah it's they really do you know rack up the tension in mm. this one mm-hmm. I, I think i think it's great i think it's absolutely great this one and okay the dummy's my favorite because it's the hammer theme but i think this is probably the best story on this dvd set mm. or out of the series really oh yeah it's it's well i'm glad i watched it first because it really set up the tone of what they're I don't know, they're all slightly different, but it really got me gripped right, so, so, to want to watch yes, the others. Yes, indeed. Um, it's, you start off watching this one, you end up with a crushing disappointment of Buddy Boys. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, thankfully I didn't watch that one first, otherwise it could have been... You know, <laughs> yeah, totally lads, can we do story. something else? <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're going no, with Barty's Party as your favourite, is... yeah? Uh, I think that the dummy's still my favourite, but I think this is, out of all the stories, I think mm. this is probably the, the best okay. written story, and I think it's probably got the best um, sort of hook out of, mm. out of the Beast's mm. um, theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Really. Yeah, it's, it's truest to the theme, I mean, isn't it? You know, it's animals gaining superior, yeah. superiority over humans, really, isn't it? What's mm. happening? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the worm that turns. Sort of thing. And I yeah, and I suppose you know what's more terrifying than than a rat invasion, really, because mm. that that again it's that it's that base fear. A lot of people are terrified of yeah. rats, mm. um, and it's also it's also that home invasion yeah. aspect of things. Well. You know, back in the seventies, yeah, that that whole thing of an Englishman's home is his castle um, was very much at the at the forefront of uh, family life, really, wasn't it? To a certain mm. degree, mm. Um, yeah. and 
this this just sort of so well actually no it isn't you know there there is no safe hiding place mm. and again it's it's kind of a, know, a revenge which, thing for man's actions isn't it because of all the poisons they used you know that you know the super yes. rats have, yeah. have emerged from you know the poison which have you know killed millions of these rats and uh, you know they've overcome what man was using to stop them and now they're taking revenge it's a it's a terrific yeah. idea and you know absolutely very much in in the theme of this series I'm trying to think what what came first, this or James Herbert's rats. Yeah, I was oh, thinking well, that. He's in earlier. the seventies, wasn't he, Herbert? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I can't think when it was. Because again, again, very similar. Um, the whole rat invasion thing, and mm. probably one of the most, well, I suppose, well-known horror books of the nineteen seventies. I think mm. the rats. I became aware of it back as a kid because um, they did a ZX Spectrum game of it. <laughs> Did they? Oh, yeah, wow. I don't it's like an adventure that. game. Yeah. Good yeah. God! <laughs> I never had the game, but I remember seeing the reviews and stuff for it. Well, I'll be. Yeah. I said, did it include the sex scene in Epping Forest? <laughs> Possibly not. I bet that look, that look good. Mind you, they did have <laughs> Sam Fox's strip poker, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Heavily pixelated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I, I think we can all agree that it's, it's worth a look if you if you're a fan of Nigel Neal, yes, if you've is. seen Quatermass, mm. if you want to investigate a little bit more of his oeuvre, then I think it's like you say, it's a curiosity, isn't it? Well, I think if you, yeah, I, I think I was going to say it's very much of that that sort of ITV studio bank. There was a lot of sort of like horror, uh, stroke thriller series on British television at that time. Yeah. Um, because you had like armchair things like this, you had sort of armchair thriller, yeah. uh, chiller was another one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there was just so many, um, and some of them I I, I do remember um, from when I was a, a kid. I was, I was sort of allowed to stay up late, yeah, for whatever reason it was. Um, and I think it was an episode of Chiller that stayed with me to to this, you know, right up until now. And I've never mm. seen it since, and it's it it scared the crap out of me. It really <laughs> did. Um, but this, I was vaguely aware of the name, but I'd never of, of, of beasts, but I'd never actually seen any of them. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't disappointed with them at all. Yeah. Because I, I think because it's it's got that I think certainly for myself and and Jim, there's that nostalgia yeah. value, um, mm-hmm. really of seeing that those those actors who are sort of like, still on television now, like people you know, like Pauline Quirk or Michael Kitchen. Yeah. You, know, you see them as, as you know as, as very very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it just brings back so many memories of you know, being allowed to stay up late or sitting with your with your parents watching something. You're saying about seeing that episode of Chiller as a kid, and that's always stayed with you. It's made me think of. Um, I remember we used to be allowed to to watch um, Tales of the Unexpected. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, there was one episode with a guy who had developed this system where he could listen to plants talking. Oh yeah, had like a, a radio headset oh, thing, and yeah. they were sort of screaming out as like plants were being picked and stuff like that, oh, and that was gosh. really freaky. That really stuck with me. There was uh, armchair thriller as well, wasn't there? And there was that um, sort of landmark, terrifying episode about the nun. Hmm. Oh yes, yeah. again, I think that was on Talking Pictures TV right oh, recently. Yeah, they started showing armchair thriller again about. Well, they did armchair theatre. They. And they, they showed. Was it yeah, on Cheer Theatre? Sure I, 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 no, they, they, they did that. I think they did, but I think that was on oh, later. Mm. Oh, that's, on an, that's Yeah, I think that was on a bit later. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I know. That's the thing about talking pictures TV. There is so much <laughs> yeah. good stuff on there. It's hard to keep up, isn't it? Oh, I know, I know. Who it's, needs it's Netflix, really, eh? Really, really good. <laughs> well, do you know what? If Netflix showed programmes like like, like Beast or Armchair mm. Thriller, um, I'd, I'd sign up well, for Britbox, it. Well, yeah. Britbox might be doing stuff like that, money because it's an ITV, BBC mm, yeah. joint venture, isn't it? So we could well start mm. seeing stuff like this. Uh, well, the thing is, wasn't that meant to be the... I thought we're going wildly off topic here. Wasn't that meant to be sort of the raison d'etre of the BBC store when it got launched? You mm. could buy these TV series on, yeah. you know, and, and own them online. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that um, got me hooked into that, it never happened, um, was having the old Parkinson chat shows oh, on there. Oh, yeah. Because um, they're, they're meant to put all of them there to, to view or buy or whatever the hell mm. it was. Um because you think about what, what he had on there. He said he had the actors and actresses from the golden age of yeah. Hollywood on there. They'd all been out of the studio contracts, all old now, and they can just come on and talk about their lives without fear of being held to account by a particular yeah. studio. Mm. And he said it was it was a fantastic time to be a chat show mm. host. Um, so I, I was really looking forward to seeing them because, again, Parkinson was, was another late-night television. Yeah, it's a bit of a staple, wasn't it? Set. It was, yeah. Um, some night it was on about eleven o'clock at night. It was mm. on after match of the day, mm. so it was on too late for me as as a kid. So I was really looking forward to seeing this, and of course the whole thing got shut down. It, it just couldn't compete with the mm. likes of um, Netflix. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe with joint joint Such... backing, maybe they can make it work. Yeah. I hope so. I, I really hope too. so. Um, it sounds like it's been quite successful know. in North America. Cause I hear the guys on Radio Free Scaro talking about it quite a lot, and mm. yeah. They they seem to really appreciate a lot of the shows that are on it, the sandbaggers yeah. and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that gets a lot yeah. of interest. Yeah, no, yeah, forward to seeing that. Yeah, at some it does point. actually. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, so I think you know, um, anyone listens to this, I say, yeah, go and watch these. They're really good. Mm. Well, the they're other thing really is good. that they're available on a certain well-known <laughs> street video streaming channel. Uh, video streaming yes, sites, uh, yes. They're also uh, it's a network DVD, isn't it? Uh, which also um, yes. has another uh, one-off episode thrown in, doesn't it? It's Moraine, which is from the ITV's Against the Crowd series, which is all about, you know, another anthology series all about people who kind of stand mm. out from the crowd. Uh, it's an excellent mm. uh, episode on there about, uh, it's a Yorkshire mm. village. I think it's a mining village. I haven't watched it for a while. But there's a woman in there who's suspected to be a witch. Um, mm. and yes, and all the local farmers are absolutely, one of them being Burnley. Yes. Yeah. M. M himself, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, the main bloke in it is is uh, a vet, isn't he? The main bloke in it, he's uh, yes. Alistair Fergus, who's the TV uh, reporter from the Demons, Doctor Who. Yes, uh, it's right, a big yeah. role in this. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, that's really good as well. So it's and I I, I can't remember the actor's name, but one of the, one of the other farmers in it is the president of Androzani Minor. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes, who's also the terrifying dad in uh, Noah's Castle? Do you know that? Oh um, yes, that, I think that might that might be available on network yes, DVD as well. Actually, it was shown by uh, Talking Pictures TV. That's what that's what I said. Yes, it was. What, yes. actually... this episode has been brought to you by Network <laughs> DVD. Well, that, <laughs> and Talking Pictures TV. Well, that might be worth it. Might be worth watching uh, Noah's Castle because it's all about. Um, uh, food shortages, which uh, may well be happening in this country fairly soon. Well, yeah. So, watch out and get some tips. 
Mm. Yes, indeed. indeed. And on that note, <laughs> I think we'll go for a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll be asking the chaps for their recommendations for our listeners. Charlie and I were in the park. Then this man came up and said, would I like to see some puppies? And I said yes. And I was going to go, but Charlie stopped me. Charlie's reminded me, my mum says I shouldn't go off with people I don't know. Then the man went away. We went and told Mummy, and she said we'd been very good. I got an apple and Charlie got something he likes. He says never go anywhere with men or ladies you don't know. And welcome back. So, now we've reached that point in the show, we're going to do our recommendations for our listeners. And I think Jim's got a couple of things for us. Jim. Right, yes, thank you very much. I've got uh, two things. One is a TV programme, the other is a musical movement. <laughs> uh, I don't mean one Ooh. movement from a symphony. Or something like that. Uh, I think I'm going to start breaking out some dance moves. <laughs> you don't want to see my musical movement, it's not very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the TV programme is Yonderland. Now, Ooh. on the back, uh, oh, on yes. the back of the success of Ghosts on uh, BBC One recently, uh, which was made by the original Horrible Histories team. Uh, mm-hmm. these six people Matthew Bainton Lawrence Ricard Ben Wilbond Jim Howick Martha Howe Douglas and Simon Farnaby uh, in between um, Horrible Histories and Ghosts they did a series called Yonderland for Sky which is a spoof on sort of Tolkien-esque fantasy oh, Tolkien-esque fantasy world with a bit of um, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe thrown in mm-hmm. um, it is extremely funny it is uh, family friendly with some disgustingly okay. rude jokes in it, which, which, <laughs> which go over my eight-year-old daughter's head. <laughs> thankfully, um, so there's, it's one of those things you can watch on a couple of different levels. Uh, it is mm-hmm. very, very funny. It's available. Um, I don't have Sky, so I, I don't know how, access, oh, right. how accessible it is on there. But I do mm-hmm. have Now TV, which is a kind of okay, Sky yeah. streaming service, isn't it? Um, all mm-hmm. three series are available there. The first okay. series is like rocking horse shit uh, in terms of availability on DVD. <laughs> right. Uh, series uh. series two and three are easily available. Um, hmm. I, I wonder if it's a rights thing or something. Maybe. It, it, I suppose it must be um, because mm. um, YouTube have got the rights to show two and three, but they don't. They can't show one for some reason. Now mm. TV can though, so that's one way of seeing it. Okay. Um, excellent stuff. Oh. So I thoroughly recommend that. Very, very funny. Oh, that sounds like a good choice. Yes. And your musical movement, I'm intrigued. Yeah, well, it's part of an overall movement called Hauntology. Uh, H-A-U-N. You're going back to Bob Fleming and his <laughs> drinking horn. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with horns unless yeah, there's a creepy rural no, horn well. involved. No, hauntology, haunt, <laughs> it's all about, it's very quite hard to describe, unfortunately, but it's all about the kind of slightly creepy nostalgia you get from old sort of mid to late 70s, early 80s TV programs. So if mm-hmm. you think of 
HTV shows like Sky and uh, Children of the Stones and uh, yeah. things like that. And uh, what's that? Um, that weird thing with Bok turns up in. Uh, forgotten it. Sorry. There's another uh, sort of one-off um, BBC thing. I think it was. It was like a, mm. a weird rural thing with sort of uh, satanic uh, overtones. Uh, on tip of my tongue, mm-hmm. it might come to me in a minute. I think that's called um, Canine and Company. You don't think of, is it Robin Redbreast? Uh, no, it's in that. Um, there's a collection of one. There was sort of Redshift, Robin Redbreast, and the one who's uh, Pendersven. 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 Yes. Pendersven. That's the one. Uh, okay. That's the one. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. um, yeah. That's a, that's uh, I suppose the kind of feeling that this sort of movement is trying to recreate. Um, the musical side of it is. Sort of very creepy, nostalgic, often melancholic, often sort of rural, analog mm. synth type stuff with a few, sometimes with a few sort of rural in- instruments or folk instruments thrown in as well. Okay. Um, Interesting. The, the easiest way to describe it, I suppose, is they sound like sort of lost HTV kids sci fi TV theme tunes. <laughs> for, 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 uh, a lot of them do. Um, in terms of albums, a couple I'd recommend is uh, uh, From Out Here by The Advisory Circle and uh, The Belberry Tales by Belberry Polly. I have, mm-hmm. if anyone out there listens, is interested and uh, has a Spotify account, I've made a couple of um, hauntology playlists. Uh, oh, excellent. We'll, we'll stick those in the oh, show excellent. notes and then uh, people will be able to get on and have a listen. Great, yeah. So under my name, Jim Cameron, uh, one is Hauntology and the other is Hauntology Sleep, which I've used occasionally for that purpose. Yeah. They're the sort of mellower offerings from from these things. But it's, um, yeah, it's a way of kind of evoking that weird feeling you got about watching these these kids' shows when you were that age uh, in that era. I suppose oh, that's it, really interesting. It, I might have to check that out. I suppose it, thinking about the actual demographic, it might be quite limited. <laughs> appeal but it certainly works for me oh codge is like the three of us you mean yeah (laughs) Yeah, possibly Uh, but yeah so i recommend both both of those things and phil what have you got for us well i've I've got a couple of uh tv series uh for you actually um now the first one i'm i've mentioned this when we were talking about um nigel neil's beast it is the ghost stories of mr james Mm, there was a a strand that the bbc showed I think in the very early 1970s, actually. And they were shown traditionally on Christmas Eve. Um, and as I say, for the uh, non-UK listeners, or maybe sort of UK listeners now who don't, are not mm. aware of this, there was yeah. a, a, a tradition of ghost stories um, being told on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And the, and the, the uh, BBC decided to dramatise some of M.R. James' ghost stories, uh, which I think was... Uh, oh, I can't remember the names of the book. The, the ghost... The, Goes for antiquities or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. If I can pronounce it properly, um, but some of them, um, if you like your horror atmospheric, it's more supernatural than yeah. horror, I would say. Um, but so you can buy them as a DVD box set. Um, I think they're actually released by the BFI, the British Film Institute. Yeah, I've got one. Um, <clears throat> it's a BFI one, and it was uh, had um, an adaptation of The Signalman. Oh yeah. yes, um, yes, and I think it had. Well, Whistle and I'll come well, to you as well. Well, actually, actually, uh, yes, actually, the signalman is actually Charles Dickens. That's right, yeah. Rather than Mr. James, yeah. Um, but there, so that's the only. I think there's um, one. I think it's the Ice House, which mm. isn't Mr. James, and it's probably the weakest set because it's set in modern, modern, or well, then contemporary um, 
times. Mm. Um, so it's probably the weakest out of the out of the lot. So, um, but the true Mr. James ones are are absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, very very atmospheric, um, and the, 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 I think there's only one that's absolute out and out horror, which is the yew tree. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, it is, yeah. Um, it is terrifying, um, which my dad terrified me um, with. Uh, which he, he misremembered. He called it the ash tree, and for <laughs> right. years I w- I wanted to know. He, t- he told me about this thing called the ash tree. I'm mm. not going to spoil this one for anybody because what he told me about it absolutely petrified me. And that image he put in my mind stayed with me. And when mm. I got this box set and saw the yew tree, and I thought, is this what my dad was talking? Because I, I kept googling the, the it's ash tree. The other way around, uh-huh. isn't it? Isn't it the other way around. Isn't it called the ash tree? You I, might have called it the yew tree. I think yeah. you're right. Sorry, it's the. Uh, I think you're right. Sorry, yes, my mistake. He, uh, so, um, but I was googling the yew tree, ash tree, whatever it was, and I couldn't find the yew tree. It. That was um, Jimmy Savile. Wasn't it? <laughs> 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 A completely different kind of horror that was. <laughs> yeah. Too yeah. soon. Too yeah. soon, gentlemen. Too soon. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so when this popped up in the DVD box set, and I, and I finally saw it, I thought all those childhood images. Bore fruit, basically. <laughs> um, it, it, it is is an absolutely terrifying story, and plus it's got Lala Ward in it as well. <laughs> oh well, what's not to like? What's not to like? Indeed, indeed. So, um, so I highly recommend that one. Mm-hmm. The other, the other TV series, and this is um, completely different. Um, it's something called the Brokenwood Mysteries. Mm. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like New Zealand's answer to Midsummer Murders. <laughs> so if you um, I think it's currently being shown on uh, the drama channel in on um, on Freeview at the moment. Um, I highly recommend it. If again, it's like as I say, it's very much like Midsummer Murders. If you like your um, your detective dramas, sort of very sort of easy going, um, then then you'll enjoy this as well. Um, I I just the first time I saw it because my wife and I are very heavily into the the, uh, the Scandi dramas oh. as well oh right yeah. um and then this one popped up um i think we also watched hinterland which is a welsh detective drama very very grim and and again it in that whole scandy drama sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. um broker woods we come across it completely by accident and it's nothing like a scandy drama at all but we got hooked mm-hmm. on it um and it is just it's very sort of gentle and, and whimsical and it's just Easy, it's just easy going television, but it's but it's very very quirky as well, and all the characters are, are instantly likable. Oh, so um, I I really really recommend it. I'm not too sure if it's available on, on DVD um, at the moment, but I know they are making another series. So I think the series okay. five is due out this year. Mm. Um, funnily enough, that it didn't go down too well with with New Zealand viewers or, or New Zealand oh. critics, I should say. Um, I think they found it just a bit too gentle and a little bit too long. Um, whereas Midsummer Murders is on for two hours, and they say two hours is, is too long a time for a detective drama. Mm-hmm. So all I can say is New Zealanders must have a very short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's I I find it very very enjoyable, um, and I've tried to get as many people as possible to to start watching it. So wow. so so that that's my that's my second uh, recommendation. Right. Excellent, thanks, Will. Uh, I've got a couple as well, so um, slightly tied in with uh, Jim's music movement uh, to a degree. Uh, it's um, an American singer-songwriter called Kishibashi. Oh, yeah. He's of Japanese descent. 
and uh his most recent album is called omoyari um which is a japanese word i can't remember what it means now but um it's uh it's a really impressive album it's um it mixes um a bit of electronica and but you've also got um country instruments so you've got stuff like banjo and um he's a a, a very highly trained um string musician um so there's lots of really beautiful lush strings on it as well uh violins and what have you um and it's it's quite poppy it's a quite a summery sounding album um but it's uh at its heart it's it's actually a concept album about um japanese people being um interred in america um during world war 2 um hmm. but you know you can just listen to it on a certain level and just think oh that's a really good pop tune but uh there are some really good songs on that and i've been listening to that for the last couple of months and it's it's really good i came across it i've just i had we've got one of these um internet radios and i was just scanning through the channels and there was a i think it's a seattle station was playing it and uh, i thought oh I'll, I'll have a listen to that and it was really good i was really impressed so that's one uh the other one is a podcast um it's called unsee the future it's by um, a former guest on the show, a gentleman by the name of Timo Peach. Uh, he also goes by the name of Momo Tempo because he's one of these incredibly annoying polymaths. He's, uh, <laughs> he's really he's such a clever guy. Um, he is a very talented graphic designer. I think that's how he earns his bread. Uh, but he's also a musician. He makes the best um, feel-good pop music under the name momo tempo uh he's done a, a couple of albums now and they are just brilliant um but he's also ventured into the world of podcasting um and his podcast is called unsee the future and he really does he covers the whole gamut of subjects and is one of those rare things where um there's not many people who can just do a one person show and hold you know the listener's attention for mm. the whole thing uh and he's brilliant he really is very very good he's also incredibly modest so you know if you compliment him he's just you know he just doesn't accept any kind of praise whatsoever but uh, <laughs> i'm going to give a shout out for it it's so good i mean he covers things like climate change the economy um cars energy poverty um education sexuality politics the whole gamut uh it's really really good listening um so it's available on all the usual places apple Podcasts, and all the rest of it so unsee the future okay sounds good good yeah so that's it for another episode i'd like to thank you both very much for coming on it's been a real pleasure having you on uh before you go i'd like you both to just give a little plug to your various shows so if we start with phil first okay um you can find, uh, well, I'm actually involved in two Doctor Who podcasts now, actually. Um, my sort of our own podcast, well, I'm doing my my um, best friend, Paul, mm -hmm. and, uh, and our seldom heard other member, Tony, <laughs> uh, the Who's He podcast. Um, 
Yes, it's, so you can find uh, that one on iTunes and Spotify, uh, you know, the usual usual places. It uh, does feature us. one of the best segments of any Doctor Who podcast in the history of Doctor Who podcasts, and that is Omega's Tat Corner. <laughs> <laughs> it is brilliant. It gets a life yes, of, we, our, um... out of our cat every time it comes on. Because <laughs> oh, fair enough. to play yeah. Omega shrieking at the top of his voice, but... But explain to the listeners, just in case they haven't heard. Yeah, well, we introduced Omega's Stats Corner as well, which is Omega Wailing. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> nobody likes stats. Oh, that's, that's right. So, yeah, it's a stats um, corner, sorry. Yeah, yeah. stats corner. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're going about um, sort of nearly eight years now, mm. actually, to be honest. So, yes, we're going a lot, a long, long time. So you can find us Who's Podcast. Then the other podcast I'm now involved in is one of the co-hosts on the recently resurrected Doctor Who podcast. Mm. Um, so again, we've been going about four months now. Um, it's gone back to uh, on, on a monthly basis rather than weekly as it was before. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think mainly because there's not a lot of who to talk about no. at the moment. So it's very, very quiet on that front. Um, so yes, uh, very glad to be involved in that one as well. But again, mm-hmm. um, it's a, um, you can find us in the usual, in the usual places, iTunes, um, et cetera, et cetera. And just Google mm-hmm. the Doctor Who podcast and you can find all the various media threads there. Excellent, and you're on Twitter and all those other things as well. Yes, we're we're all there. You can say if you, if you just Google it, it will it will come up. Excellent. You are. Jim. Well, um, I only do one podcast at the moment. That is the Crinoid podcast. I think that's been going for eight or nine years as well. It's um, very long monthly episodes uh, <laughs> in which uh, my podcast partner. You guys do like to go into detail, don't you? I mean. <laughs> We like to go into detail about the detail. Yeah, it is brilliant. It is a brilliant show. Oh, thank Not you. Not wishing to, you know, blow smoke up my ass. Make you too big-headed, but uh, yeah, it's you know, you get your you get your, a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, if your buck is zero, which is what we charge for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you need to you need to rectify that. You need to start up one of these. Patreon accounts. Uh, we, Patreon. I'm not yes, sure anyone would pay for what we produce, but um, yeah, it's my my podcast <laughs> uh, part is one, one of my oldest friends, Martin, uh, also a uh, lifelong Doctor Who fan. We uh, tackle mm. one classic Doctor Who story each month, uh, and we go into mind-numbing detail about plot, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, and then we kind of do a review of what we thought of the thing, and then we get feedback from our listeners. And um, yeah, so they're sort of between two and three hours long <laughs> most of the time. And uh, yeah, plenty of them. I think we're about to do 100, and I think we're about to release 100, episode 120, something like that. Anyway, we're available in the usual places Facebook, Twitter, uh, WordPress, uh, Crinoid, Crinoid is spelled K R Y N O I D, uh, named after a uh, vegetable monster from the Seeds of Doom in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> my my memory isn't the best because I'm knocking on a bit now. Um, have you covered the Daleks' master plan yet? We haven't. We might be. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm wondering how that's going to pan out. <laughs> we might have to take a month off work to do that one. <laughs> um, well, you, you've done the war games, Jim. So come uh, yeah, on. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> we did uh, that for our. It's uh, quite an undertaking. Yeah, we did that for our hundredth episode. I think our hundred and fiftieth episode may well be uh, the Daleks' master plan. So we're trying to oh, work out a that. way of doing that, which doesn't, uh, um, yeah, take half a day to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you, and uh, 
maybe you'd like to come back another time and we'll talk about something else. Love to. Thanks for having me. Oh, love to. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you.